On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. Congressman Al Green, I'm so pleased to talk with you. Um, You have been on my mind uh, for a while. You have been one of those who stood when others would not come out publicly. You stood alone and called for the House to begin the process of impeachment for Donald Trump months ago. They even uh, held a vote. And it was it was quite historic. And Maxine Waters before you, the, I think it was the day that this president was inaugurated, she was calling for his impeachment. So you two have been the main ones in my mind who called for impeachment. Now, on October 1st, 2019, three years in, the impeachment inquiry of Donald Trump is happening. What does this do to you? What does this feel like for you at this moment in time when you stood alone calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump over issues of race? But what does this mean to you today? Vindicated is the term that we have used. And that vindication is not only for uh, Al Green, but also for the many people who have been there with me. Uh, This has been a journey that I took to the floor of the House and I have had three votes called to the attention of the House, and I think that was important because it gave us a sense of where the House was, and we could see with each vote that we were moving closer to the moment that we are currently visiting. And I would just add this. It has been a lonely battle in the House, but it hasn't been a lonely battle among the people as I have traversed this country. Movements, generally speaking, start from the bottom up. And the people uh, have been pushing and pushing and insisting and encouraging. And that has meant a lot to me. I think that the, the voices of the many who will never be heralded as being a part of this with any specificity are the voices that have kept us moving in the right direction. But, Congressman, um, the last vote, I mean, that was a historic day. Um, People were saying that you didn't have enough, enough votes. You know, now uh, we understand there are at least 218 uh, members in the House who want uh, to begin the impeachment inquiry. What was the vote that day for impeachment? The last vote was 95 to move the uh, impeachment articles forward. Uh, I think that was very significant because um, we were at 95 approaching one half of the members of the Democratic Party. And I think it also allowed others the opportunity to give consideration to uh, a change of position, uh, an opportunity to be a part of uh, the right side of history, as we call it, and to make sure that um, they put principle above politics and the people of this country above political party. I think that it was a, a pivotal moment as we were moving forward. I don't know that the, that others will record it as such, but I was there as an eyewitness to the history, and I saw the ebbs and flows and how it changed. Uh, and I'm so uh, appreciative that people did take those steps because eventually uh, it it caused people who could make a difference to step forward and say, I'm there now. And that's important. It was a very tense moment, and I'll never forget House Speaker Nancy Pelosi talking about your character, saying you were very serious and somber with this, and you're a prayerful man. Um, And 
this was a crazy time because as everyone is talking about Donald Trump and who he is, um, the lawlessness, his moral, his flawed moral character, you zoned in on matters of race. And at the end of the day, now it's not about race, but it's about um, him undermining the oath of office, national security and, and, um, and a constitutional crisis. But going back to the matters of race, is that still in your mind more of an impeachable offense versus this or is it all lumped together? Race, as you know, in the form of invidious discrimination was our original sin. A civil war took place because of race. There were other reasons as well, but race was uh, at the heart of it. And for the president to weaponize race, to get elected, and then uh, use race to maintain his base, he continuously uses this as a means of causing people to divide to divide the country, as it were. I think that it is very important that he be impeached for the bigotry that he has infused into his policies that are causing harm to this country. And I say this because we don't want ever another Donald Trump in office, uh, not because of him being just a, another person, but because of the way he treats people, and disrespects humanity. I think that if we impeach him, and we should, it's an impeachable offense, and if we should impeach him for the impeachable offense associated with his invidious discrimination, it would send a message to the future Donald Trumps that this country has moved on beyond you, and that what you would do, we would not tolerate. I think it's important to do this. Aside from that, this is the one thing that he doesn't want. He does not want to be branded a racist by way of impeachment. It would hurt his brand. Uh, he would not have um, the opportunity to continue to market the Trump name. Uh, it would hurt him. This is the one thing he doesn't want. I don't want it either. It is not my desire to have this occur. But because of his behavior, I don't know how I can do anything other than what I have done. And I must tell you, it, it made my heart warm when the speaker said that she thought I was sincere about this, because I am. And uh, when I go to the floor of the Congress, I always start with, and still I rise, and still I rise. And you might recall that right near the end of that poem, um, the words, I am the hope of the slave. I'm paraphrasing. I'm the hope. And, and I think that I wasn't born to be a congressman. I just happened to be there. And because I'm there, I think I'm going to do what I can to, to be what those who cannot be there expect of one who is supposed to be there to represent them. So I still rise, and I'm going to continue with this effort. I can't guarantee that uh, it's going to happen, but I can guarantee that I'm going to continue with the effort. What committees do you sit on that are involved with the impeachment uh, inquiry? I am on financial services, and our 
endeavors in this area will have to do with financial matters. It wouldn't have uh, very much to do with his invidious discrimination. But I just think that, um, and by the way, the Honorable Maxine Waters, I have great respect for her. Uh, she has stood her ground on this issue. Uh, and yes, I she has. <laughs> yes, I, I, I appreciate it very much. I, I, I try not to diminish another person's role in a process, but I can see what um, has been called stolen legacy taking place, where there there's a shift toward making this um, known to the public as a cause that was championed by someone other than Waters and Green. And uh, sometimes you have to, to see these things happen, but, you know, we have to pray that little children who look like us will at least know that some of us played a role in this process early on. Well, it's not just for the little children who look like us. It's for all children and everyone. We have to make sure that the record states, for the record, what is the truth. And truth, um, the Bible says, the truth shall set you free. And I guess I believe in the truth <laughs> and the Bible. But um, going back to the issues, right now today um, we have the president's personal attorney. Uh, I guess one day he's his personal attorney, another day he's not. He's just his friend, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani being subpoenaed and the documents of Rudy Giuliani as it relates to the matters uh, pertaining to uh, what is it? Um, opposition research uh, with Joe Biden going to the Ukraine. Also, we've got um, they're trying to subpoena uh, Mike Pompeo, uh, the Secretary of State. Uh, there's so much going on. Is this something that the American public can grasp versus the Russia probe? I mean, we talk about things like the shakedown and the cover up. Is this getting kind of cerebral and hard for people to understand, or do you still think that um, it's very simple and that people can grasp it? First, to, uh, to finish the point that you made about all children, I, I appreciate your saying that because you're eminently correct. All children ought to know what history actually is, how it took place. History is important for all of us. Uh, because by by sharing the totality of history, we understand that all of us are in this together, and we've all made a difference together. So I appreciate that commentary and wanted to, to let you know. Now, with reference to the latest reason for impeaching the president, by the way, it really isn't the latest. The latest is what he's doing with his whistleblower. This is impeachable. You You cannot intimidate a whistleblower. And the president of the United States cannot intimate that a whistleblower uh, should be treated with uh, such disdain as to be harmed. And I, I've heard the recording. I'm assuming that it was the president's voice. It's been reported as such. But that was a, a horrible, horrific signal to send to someone who may not be of the same frame of mind as most people are in this country and would want to harm a person for just coming forward and doing his or her job, her duty, uh, in the position that they happen to hold. And I'm very disappointed about what's happening with this, and this is impeachable. But the one before this, shall we say, the one that deals with Ukraine, um, I think that it's fairly easily understood, but here's what has actually happened. 
it has become the straw. And you heard uh, other members say this, that this was the last straw for me. You heard members say that this was the crossing of the Rubicon. Uh, you heard members say this was a tipping point. Well, what they're saying is, when you consider this in totality, this altogether has made the difference in what's going on in the life of the president, that this is important in the sense that uh, the president has now, for a second time, as many people see it, encroached upon the um, country's right to have its elections be free of outside influence, outside meaning from foreign entities. The president uh, for the second time, so it makes it easier for people to say, well, he knows better. You know, you, my mother would scold me the first time and say, you should know better. But the second time she would say, you know better. And that's what I think people are seeing. They, they, they see him as a person who totally disregards uh, the norms that have made us the great country we are. And I think that the people are ready to punish him for it. Uh, I think that the House will vote. I think you'll have 218 or more people who will vote to impeach the president. But I hope that um, people won't forget that we still have the unfinished business associated with his bigotry. And uh, I'm going to give you this, what I will call a scoop, in the sense that no one has said it prior to this time, as I understand it, uh, before the public. And it is this. A president can be impeached more than once. There is no rule that says you got one shot at the president. I've heard someone say that, one shot. Not, not in the sense of um, using some weapon uh, of war, uh, some gun, some long gun, short gun, whatever kind of gun, but in the sense that you're going to get one chance to, to impeach him, and if you don't get it done, then you just have to go on. That's not true. You can impeach a president as many times as the president commits impeachable acts. As many times. And I have not, I have not forgotten. I have said, uh, I, I will give this an opportunity as a member, see how this works out. But uh, I don't mean to insult any of my colleagues, and I hope that they'll all forgive me. But, and still I rise as the hope uh, of the slaves and those who have suffered. Uh, I'm there for a reason. And I want to make sure that I live up to the expectations of those who cannot be there to stand for themselves. So you're saying if this does not work, you're going to try to impeach him again? I'm not going to say it definitively, but I am going to say that if the Senate does not convict, if he is impeached and the Senate does not convict, I will bring articles again. Uh, and I'm, and I, I said not definitively because I don't want it to hinge on impeachment alone. I want it to hinge on uh, conviction in the Senate. So I am being definitive in that sense. Yes, I would do it, and here is why. I would do it because we now have the members of Congress who have said this is all about principle, not about politics. My colleagues have said this is about uh, putting country above party. And they have said that uh, many of them, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose an election, uh, it's all about uh, protecting the Constitution, and, and it's all about saving uh, the, the, the republic and 
uh, putting uh, democracy at the top of um, our concerns. But all of that said, I believe that bigotry, which is uh, a part of our original sin, is just as important as what is happening with the Ukraine investigation, um, inquiry, as it were. I think that bigotry is just as important, so I, my assumption is my, my colleagues will, who, who think that it's important to impeach a president for his uh, allowing foreign influence in, into an election, that they will understand that our original sin is just as important, especially when this president weaponizes it uh, routinely, and it cannot be allowed to be the norm. So if the Senate uh, receives our articles, and they do not vote to convict, I think that that means that we have uh, the duty, responsibility, and an obligation to bring our original sin before a House of Representatives that will already have impeached him once. People will have already voted to impeach him for, for um, his uh, allowing foreign intervention. And the question will become then, is bigotry just a talking point, or are we willing to make it an action item? Is, is it, as Dr. King said um, many decades ago, uh, one party uh, ignores us and the other takes us for granted? One party ignores, the other takes for granted. Is it just a means of getting a base excited, or is it a means of causing a president to understand that the country has moved beyond the insidious and incitive behavior that he evidences on a daily basis. And lastly, and lastly, you talk about um, the the Republicans. Right now, um, the numbers are increasing to like 47 percent of people who want to see impeachment. Uh, The way I understand it, the poll numbers would have to really be low for Republicans to break against the president. What say you about these Republicans who are enabling the president looking at the person versus the country? They are on the wrong side of history as well as the wrong side of politics. They are not putting country above party. They're not. Uh, I hope that they will have an epiphanous moment and they will come around. But here's what I know. I know that with 235 Democrats in the House, we cannot allow the minority to dictate what the majority will do on a question that concerns itself with the Constitution and the balance of power that the Constitution has accorded uh, this country in, by way of these various branches of government. The Congress is a co-equal branch. It is not subordinate to the executive branch. And I believe that with 235 members, especially if we vote to impeach, we then have to, and the Senate does not convict, we have to revisit impeachment again as it relates to our original sin. And for those, thank you for this opportunity. I will not leave without letting, uh, saying this, if you will allow. I want to say this. We talk about having that conversation about race. 
but we're having the conversation about race. The question is, will people who have found their way into key positions, key positions, who taught the good game, will they take up the cause in those key positions? Because there are many people who should, who, who could say, and still I rise, and they are the hopes of the slaves who are not, who are not having the conversation such that they will take a position that can make a difference. Talking points are wonderful, but we have a chance to make this an action item. And I promise you that if we don't convict in the Senate, we will revisit this issue. Sir, thank you for your time. Thank you for your your heart. Thank you for your courage. I so appreciate you, Congressman Al Green. Well, thank you for having me. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.